0: Things, 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 podcast. Hey, Phantom Maniacs. welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and today is the last of the Dragon Con 2018 panels that I have to share with you. I've been parsing these out sparingly uh, because typically what I do is I'll slot one of these in when we're a little short on time or something has fallen through as far as scheduling goes and I need a good episode. And uh, that has definitely happened this week. It has been an insane week uh after an insane weekend and there was just uh there there was no recording a new episode for this week so this this is it this is the last of them this is all i've got and uh this is one of my favorites because this is the joy of joe panel and it features mostly people who contributed to the joy of joe book which i am one of those people uh, this is a book that was put together by Jim Beard and it features uh, myself, of course, uh, with, a, with an essay about my love of G.I. Joe and how I got into it way back in the day, uh, the toy line. But it also features such luminaries as Brandon Jirwa, Fabian Nassiza, uh, Jim Beard himself, of course, contributed something, our pal Bobby Nash, uh, our friends Mark Maddox and James Palmer and uh let's see here oh look at that uh Toys for a Troublemaker by Dave West immediately followed by These Are Not Dolls by Jerry Ordway what and then uh Justin Bell and and all kinds of other uh great folks who love G.I. Joe and who wanted to write about G.I. Joe and contributed to this book that I'm holding in my I'm holding a book that I contributed to in my hands right now. I am a published writer. Uh, it's wild, and you can go on Amazon. Uh, just look for Joy of Joe. You can order yourself up a copy, and it's it's awesome. If you're a fan of G.I. Joe, this is an absolute must-have, because it's, it's all kinds of different fans, uh, uh, you know, literally people who have actually contributed to the G.I. Joe mythology, and people like myself who just adore GI Joe as a franchise, uh, so it covers the spectrum of relatable GI Joe experiences and people who actually uh, were were part of that. So, highly recommend it. Go to Amazon, uh, look for Joy of Joe, order yourself a copy. And today's uh, episode is a panel featuring some of these contributors that were recorded live at DragonCon, and it's a lot of fun. It's awesome we had a great time talking about GI Joe and it was directed by Jim so the flavor of the book if you will is there uh or directed moderated by Jim uh so so it's it's definitely a good sampling of the book it's almost a companion to the book i would go so far as to say uh so there you go uh, joy of joe is on today and you should go and buy yourself a copy of the book now let's move on to uh As the hosts of the major wrestling figure podcast call it, housekeeping, uh, which I have always just referred to as the intro, so that's fine, too. So this week, this crazy, crazy week, first of all, uh, MomoCon starts, well, for you guys yesterday, for me tomorrow, uh, I will be possibly, I'm throwing a possibly in front of everything that I say during this intro because... Uh, yesterday, I messed my back up again and and it was very it's not the worst it's ever been, but when it happened, I knew it more than I have ever known it before. And if you're getting old like me, uh, then you you know about very you know your back may not be your problem, but maybe your knees are messed up. maybe you've got a hip or a shoulder that gives you trouble uh, from time to time and you know, uh, you know, sometimes you wake up in the morning and you're like, what did I do? And sometimes, you know, when you've done something, this was one of those times when I knew something had happened. Uh, I was in the shower and I felt, uh, it felt like somebody had twisted up a bunch of paper towels, wet them, and then just yanked them apart. Like that was the sensation in all across my lower back. Like it felt like a wet tear, uh it was extremely unpleasant as you might imagine and very concerning uh but it it didn't matter i I had and at the time that you know how how back issues work and, and the reason sometimes you don't know what you did to mess up your back is the problems don't always happen right away so i i had that sensation and then just kind of, like, it didn't start giving me problems right away. I just knew something was not good. Uh, so the remainder of that day was my parents being in town for my son's graduation from fifth grade. So I have to continue getting ready. And, and like I said, it's not totally hurting yet. Uh, so we we went to the church had the fifth grade graduation that was interminable. Uh, because there was exactly one kid out of those like 200 or whatever that I cared about at all and uh had to sit through a slideshow had oh my gosh but it was very nice and it was it was the whole time I was sitting through it I, I was thinking well this is this is huge for like putting myself back in my 11 year old frame of mind which is something uh that I'm sure will shock you guys I'm pretty good at doing uh So to him, it's this huge event. And don't get me wrong. To me, it's this huge event. It's a big accomplishment. Uh, He graduated on the honor roll, which is is great. Uh, I'm very, very proud. And uh, so it was like, you know, his whole life, Of events or ceremonies or things like that is ahead of him and this was really kind of the first big one so it was in that context it was very exciting so anyway I'm sitting in uh, a chair that looks like it would be hideously uncomfortable but it's it's actually not too bad the problem comes when you stand up at the end and you move your muscles again so I get up uh, we go eat with my parents and you know I've talked about them before on the show. I love my parents, my parents love me. I feel I I genuinely believe that they did everything they were capable of to try and make me the best person I could be. Uh they they had nothing but the best intentions. They were not uh you know abusive or or bad or or in in any way. They just were not in every circumstance totally equipped to be uh reasonable supportive parents and they you know being around them sometimes they are still those uh you know how parents are man parents can get to you like nobody else can so i'm already a little cranky because my back is starting to stiffen up i don't feel great uh we go out to eat and we have a good time. We go to this place called Freddy's. That's awesome. I'm getting into way too much detail, but, but it's honestly, it's because this is right before work. And all I'm doing is sitting here thinking about, uh, going to work for 12 hours with my back feeling like my back feels right now and sitting in the chairs, uh, that are, are really not sufficient for 12 hours of, uh, sitting. Well, although we do have standing desks now, which is nice. Uh, but anyway, I had a, had a very, very long day yesterday uh, Went I with the parents. Uh, went and bought a... Or, or my parents ended up buying a drum kit and a starter drum set for my son uh, because that is his interest and I think he's going to be awesome at it. So that was a whole thing. If I, I will say this. If you've never had the experience of loading a drum kit into the back of your vehicle with your parents' assistance uh excuse me with your parents uh, guidance and instruction i highly recommend it it's a lot of fun uh and then got home and had about an hour before i had to get up again and go rehearse Four Five-Fifths of the Princess Bride, which I spoke about last week, I think. Uh, it's part of the Atlanta Fringe Festival, which you can Google Atlanta Fringe Festival and read all about that. And you can even Google Five-Fifths of the Princess Bride and find that event. It's on uh, Facebook. You can buy tickets now. And it's going to be awesome. Five different performance groups are are doing segments of The Princess Bride, resulting in the totality of the film being represented in five different ways. It's crazy, and I am working with Mr. Bo Brown and Matt Nitchie, who you may know as the Sci-Fi Janitors. Very exciting for me to be working with live performance professionals in that way. You know, not that I haven't done my share of performing live in front of people, but it doesn't quite compare to these masters of puppetry. Uh, So anyway, I had to go rehearse for that for a few hours and I'm very very excited about it and and actually you know when you're doing something that fulfilling that you love it's easier to work through inconveniences or or you know whatever is going on with you that may make things you don't 100% enjoy uh more aggravating so that was that was pretty great I enjoyed that uh my i think i mentioned my trainee at work has taken over so that is no longer an issue but it does mean that i'm shadowing him for the next two weeks uh and and that's not super awesome and then as i mentioned tomorrow for me yesterday for you guys momocon starts uh i will be covering it as press at least that is the plan i will get up tomorrow uh, again before work like today and head downtown to get my press badge. Uh, I'm not super excited about walking around the World Congress Center in the state that I'm in right now. Uh, because it, it. I don't like being cranky. And this level of discomfort I know makes me a little cranky. And interacting with other people when I am in this state is very difficult uh, I don't have the easiest time interacting with other people in the first place uh, and when you throw a not great back into the equation uh, you know you're 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 uncomfortable you're sweating a little more than you normally are uh, you you are having to move about in a, a different way from your normal comfortable gait uh, it just makes everything a little worse so at this point, you know, I certainly do feel obligated to to go down there and cover MomoCon, but my level of excitement has gone down a little bit uh, just because I, I don't know what state I'm going to be in tomorrow or Friday when I'm planning on going down there for as much of the day as I can. And uh potentially Saturday, but I, I just, you guys, oof, I, I've pushed through these kinds of things before. As a matter of fact, I've done it at DragonCon, but... uh we'll see we'll see how it goes hopefully by the time you're listening to this everything will have eased up and uh we'll we'll all be good and i'll I'll be hanging out at Momocon with all the kids and maybe their youthful happy energy will uh heal my tortured back so there you go uh what else i'd like to put something else over this week I, granted i feel like that's enough of a, a, an intro to a, a little window into my unfortunate life this week well i say unfortunate life that's not true the back is the only bad thing everything else has been fantastic uh the you know yesterday was despite its tribulations yesterday was absolutely awesome because i just got to hang out with my family all day and that's kind of really all i want to do uh and then you know later on the the Five fifths of the Princess Bride. I'm so excited for that. So I mean, honestly, it's been a very good week, except for the torn fibers in my back or pulled or whatever it is that happens to them that makes me a cranky hunchback. So I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. If you're going to MomoCon, uh keep an eye out for a hobbling uh giant guy, probably in a suit. I don't know. That's the other thing is I just want to be comfortable. You you may you may be getting dressed down like all all of my videos and coverage may be uh, just of other things. You you may not get a picture of your your old pal Phantom at Momocon. Uh, I may be in severe comfort mode uh, when I'm down there. But uh, everybody have a fun weekend. Do great things. Oh, the Casket Creatures are playing Saturday night. Uh, as of now, I'm absolutely planning on being there. It's at the Sweetwater in Duluth. It's a very special show. You can find, about it, uh, find out about it on Facebook. Uh, that, that's my A number one priority. That's the thing I plan to do if I do anything at all. But, but it's also going to depend on if this back situation has eased up by then or not. Uh, because I definitely can't go stand around at a show at a smoke-filled club uh, for a few hours in in this situation but uh lots of stuff going on this weekend it's Memorial Day weekend obviously so everybody please do be safe be responsible uh you know have fun do some dumb shit but don't do dumb shit that's so dumb that you can end up uh getting yourself in any kind of significant trouble or injury or or yeah don't don't uh don't do anything that might throw your back out Uh, so that's more than enough of that you guys i'm sorry to drone on and on about my personal issues but let me just tell you as i'm sitting in this not awesome chair they are more prevalent than anything else so let's move on to the joy of joe live from dragon con 2018
1: (laughs) I want to hand it off to an awesome batch of individuals. You guys do your
2: thing.
3: Not us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not, oh,
1: Thank you guys for coming out.
3: I'm going to eschew the microphone. Oh, I'm going to just try to talk loud. Thank you all for being here. I honestly thought there was going to be maybe like four or five people in this room. This is very... Oh, not in this room. room. (laughs) That's not happening, mister. (laughs) So, prepare yourself. We're going to do a deep dive into childhood on this panel today. Mm -hmm. And one of the joys of childhood, namely the joy of G.I. Joe. This is a topic that is very, very special to me. It's so special that I actually... My name is Jim Beard, by the way. Nice (laughs) to meet you. This is my first Dragon Con, and and this has been one hell of an (laughs) experience. uh, All these guys have, have made it so cool for me. I wanted to try to put my own love for this toy into book form, and it took about two years, and I finally achieved it. I achieved it with the help of some very good friends, uh, uh, 30 of them, uh, well, 29, I'm one of those, though, uh, that came together and helped me uh, put this book together. Um, we all share at least one thing, and, that, and that's the uh, love of this uh, incredible toy that has lasted since 1964. Uh, I want to let you know, uh, yes, as Ralphie says, this is a crummy commercial. I have five copies left. This is all my copies. I have a table in Artist Alley, but I brought them all with me. If you're interested, I do have some. Um, I love GI Joe so much that um, I finally uh, put out my own kid's book. And uh, it's actually inspired by GI Joe. The kids in it have a uh, toy, a thinly veiled GI Joe, but don't tell Hasbro. <laughs> called Adventure Sam, and and they their little backyard adventure with it. And I have a couple of copies of, of that with me too. It's called the Secret Action Figure Room. So, enough about me. I know you're really interested, but, um, and as you can see, this is, you know where my sensibilities lie here, okay, I'm sorry, you know, all real American hero fans, I can tell.
1: I want the panel
3: to introduce themselves one by one, but when you do that, tell us who you are and a little bit about what you do, but I also want you to tell everybody about your first time with G.I. Joe.
4: (laughs) He was gentle. (laughs) And by the way, experience. this is not going to be just
3: about us and our love for G.I. Joe, but we are definitely going to want to hear about everybody's uh, uh, coming up uh, through childhood with, with G.I. Joe. So let us start all the way down on the end.
0: Hi, I'm Dave West, I host the Needless Things uh, podcast, as well as anything else that has a microphone that somebody will be foolish enough to let me get behind. Uh, I love G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. I have deep respect for the franchise in its entirety, but that's where I found it. Uh, and you'll notice, actually, I've got my little Pep Destro and color-changing Zartan uh, pins on today. My first G.I. Joe experience uh, when I And I, I've told this story many times, but I'm a little frazzled after a busy weekend. But my mom took me into an Eckerd drugstore, and they had a spinner rack, a, one of the wire spinner racks of action figures. And these, hmm. the packaging is what caught my eye. It was the first series of Joes, and it was these dynamic poses. What this year was was really this? beautiful art. This would have been, I guess, 82? Okay. Um, wow, I was, mean, this is... First year. Yeah, yeah, literally really the first series go. of Joe's. They they had not been in stores. This was the first time I had seen them at all. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, no These arm cut, gorgeous. Yeah, no, there are no kung fu grip. Um, that just the swivel necks this is the original. Uh, you know, Snake Eyes, uh, Stalker, uh, snake short eyes, stalker Scarlet, yeah. Short Fuse. Yeah. Do it, do it. Snake go
4: Eyes, right. Stalker, Scarlet, Short Fuse, uh, grunt, br- grunt Breaker, Hawk. Uh, Grand Slam, Flash, Zap, uh, Clutch, uh, Steeler, no, not Steeler, sorry. Is that right? No. Yes. Steeler. Yeah, Steeler. See, I don't even trust my own knowledge. Steeler, because uh, he was with the tank. Yeah, and then the Cobra Enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I think that's all of them. Is that all. Of them? Yeah. Uh, but I, I, At the time, Star Wars was my thing. I started with Migos, but Star Wars was my big toy line at the time. But these figures, one that package art was so dynamic and interesting to me. They clearly had more joints than the Star Wars figures, which, even as a kid, I was an articulation horse. So I needed the (laughs) knees and elbows and hips, and they interact better with vehicles and whatever else. So my mind was blown. Uh, My mom let me buy a couple. I believe it's in my story in the book which ones they were. And Um, and then
3: in an adult male appeared to you and said, I'm you from the future, and you need to buy two of each one of these and <laughs> put that away.
0: If only. Right? No, actually, if my mom had seen adult me talking to six-year-old me, <laughs> yeah. I'd probably be in prison still. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, because my dad was in the military, he was very supportive of this new toy habit, and I ended up with basically all of the Joes that came out for the next five or six years because, I mean, he he loved it. He loved the franchise. So That was one of the things that me and my dad shared was I loved them because they were great toys. He loved them because in the beginning, at least, they were a solid representation of, of his military career. Cool. Thank you.
4: Next. Uh, my name is Michael French. I run the Retro Blasting YouTube channel. Uh, we do deconstructions of everything Gen X nostalgia from Jaws to Jurassic Park, and we've done a number of videos about G.I. Joe that some of you may, or may have seen, and if not, please consider s- subscribing to our channel. Uh, my uh, love of G.I. Joe started in 1982 when I was given for my birthday uh, Clutch and the Vamp Mark I. We didn't know it as the Mark I, then it was just the Vamp. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was uh, the the, the G.I. Joe Jeep for Real American Hero with straight-arm clutch. I had that and, one, too. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but then there was a second first, which happened a few years later, because while I had clutch and flash and grunt and the APC, the uh, amphibious personnel carrier, uh, I was really still into Star Wars at the time. And then I got a comic book that was handed to me uh, by a family friend. It was very well-loved and used. G.I. Joe issue number 61. And it was Stalker, Quick Kick, and Snow Job being uh, left behind in the eastern block while Outback tried to get back to the you know, friendly lines, outside of enemy lines, to get them out. And that's when I realized that G.I. Joe's mythology was in those comic books. And sen- then suddenly the action figures that I had had so much more relevance. And so then I really became a G.I. Joe fan at that point. Were so, you reading
3: comics before that?
4: I was reading comics on and off, okay. but not anything quite seriously. Okay. And then G.I. Joe sent me into collecting comics
3: I, i'm always i'm a huge comic book person mm-hmm. and i'm always curious about how you know people get into it and, and yeah that's what a wonderful you know gateway drug yes to, to the i've
4: still people. got that issue with extra staples in it and all kinds of i mean <laughs> that's it yeah great.
3: that's very great mm-hmm. james uh,
1: my name is james palmer i write science fiction and, and pulp adventure uh i've got a, a series of uh it's a shared world cold war giant monster anthology series that I created with this gentleman down here on the end Mr. Jim Beard um and I first got into GI Joe um I guess with the with the action figures and then really with the with the cartoon um you know watched watched it every weekday afternoon um I, I loved I, I, I love the toys uh, you know we, we couldn't afford really expensive big toys growing up so the Joe's were perfect because they were you know the five, you know the six bucks and you get the little thing and they've got all the little accessories and stuff um, and you can amass a collection of them fairly quickly um, so yeah that's kind of my my guess story of Joe Bobby. I'm Bobby Nash. I write. <clears throat> sorry, my voice is
5: about gone. So forgive, forgive the, forgive the. It's crackiness. Sunday
0: at Dragon Con. Bobby. Yes, forgive <laughs> yeah. the crackies. We,
5: we forgive. Um, you. I, I I write a, uh, novels, comics, all kinds of stuff. So um, my, I don't remember which came first. I remember my early my memories of GI Joe. There's two of them. I'm not sure which comes first. I remember that we used to have a uh, Target or Walmart light store called Zayer. Around yes, yep, and I remember going into Zaire and the line, like the one aisle that was nothing but like Mm G like you said, the packaging is like nothing but like orange and yellow, like bomb blast going off Uh down the up and down the 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 aisle, and begging my mother for Snake Eyes because he looked cool.
1: Everybody um, likes, Snake but I don't remember
5: if that came first. She said
3: he has no pants. Why would you want that?
5: But I don't remember if that came first. Getting Snake Eye came first, or if seeing the ads for the comic came first. Because mm-hmm. remember they were doing the, the animated. Ad, it was like a cartoon that would then morph into yeah, whatever Marvel comic was on sale, mm-hmm. and they were the covers were so cool. And I do remember getting like the first. There was a time there they were packaging those together, I guess with the toys where you could get them in a three pack, and I remember getting like the first three GI Joes, and I was just I was hooked, and so but yeah I but I don't remember which one of those came comes first it's yeah. might yeah
3: that's you know part of the beauty of GI Joe is the symbiotic relationship um, and uh, between the the toys and the comics and the cartoons mm-hmm. you know that really just led the way to. What is so standard today, you know, you walk into a toy store and there's no, there's not an original toy, what I would call an original toy, that's not connected somehow to something, you know, uh, like that.
5: Well, the, well, and then the beauty of it, too, I mean, I, I recently watched the, the Toys That Made Us, the, the G.I. Joe episode. If, if, I, yeah. if, if
3: you haven't watched at least the G.I. Joe episode yeah. of yeah. The Toys That Made Us, seek this out. Yeah. It, it's on Netflix. Yeah. But I think one it's of a
5: little Netflix. snarky Netflix. So so, at yeah. some
3: point, but it is really... Very, done very very well, but
5: I, I think one of the things that helped with that when well, we're talking about the mythology and all that and how it closely mm-hmm. it's tied together is the fact that with with not just GI Joe but Transformers also they went to Marvel Comics and says we have these uh, guys they have no names we don't know anything about them yeah. we need somebody to do that that knows how to tell a story in mm-hmm. her Larry Hama who and you know who gives these characters who on the face of it with just their name and their to- their accessories are pretty generic. And he takes these what could be just generic characters and gives them life, gives them a backstory, gives them history, to where we really care about them more than just for what they, they look like but who they are. Yeah. <laughs> My
3: so, sorry. My story's a little different oh. from your guys', and I think that's a part of it is because of a few years Difference between us. Um, I was not a real American hero guy. I was actually an adventure team guy. Actually, I was, if you really want to get technical about it, an adventures of guy. For the very short time that that existed, um, my first time was actually captured on film, and no, it's not on YouTube, so don't <laughs> go looking for it. But it's uh, a, a photo on the back of the book is is actually uh, the Christmas that I received my very first GI Joe. I have no memory of when I found out that G.I. Joe was a thing. I was born in 1965. G.I. Joe came out in 1964. It had already existed. I really don't have any memory of it. Now, my dad, um, he instilled in me everything that I love today, uh, pulps and comics and, and all these different great TV shows and movies. So he was probably on the lookout for things that he you know, knew that, that I would like. In um, Christmas of 69, I was four and a half years old, and I did receive my very first G.I. Joe, which was the G.I. Joe astronaut with the space capsule. You know, to say that I was in seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth heaven, it would be an understatement. Um, I won't ruin my little essay in here, but uh, there was a dramatic event that happened. <coughs> Um, uh, when I uh, got my first G.I. Joe. um, He was in this really weird transition period um, that uh, the soldier G.I. Joe of the 60s was, uh, he was being mustered out. Um, The Vietnam War uh, caused some concerns uh, to Hasbro, and they um, did uh, a makeover on him, and they turned him into an adventurer uh, for... uh, 69 70 or 69 into 70 a little bit um, it was called the Adventures of GI Joe and suddenly he you know wore pith helmets and and uh, hunted alligators and things like that you know instead of um, you know um, storming the beach at Normandy um, my first GI Joe was part of that there was no flocked hair at that point it was is a painted. G.I. Joe, and he was a redhead like me, which was really cool. I projected myself on him, I realize that now. Um, And then shortly after that they introduced Life Like Hair and the Adventure Team clicked in, so I I do really consider myself an Adventure Team fan. Um, But um, I have such huge respect and admiration for Real American Hero. It is so important. I do know some guys my age who would have nothing to do with Real American Hero, and to me that's not right. I don't have to collect it to, to love it. it. It saved G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. G.I. Joe, the whole thing fell apart uh, after the turning point, Turner point, uh, midpoint of the 70s. Um, we won't talk about Super Joe. Super Joe is something that we will not talk
0: about. Can can we just briefly, because in... (laughs) Are you going to force me to talk about Super (laughs) Joe? Here's the thing. Go ahead, Dave. (laughs) Until I was... Because to to write this, I wanted to go back and sort of check some facts and look at a couple of things uh, for for my entry in this. And I did not even know Super Joe, outside of Joe Crow, existed until... I I sat down to work for this book. Yeah, Yeah. So just briefly, um, give give us the elevator pitch.
3: 77, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, Petroleum costs were very high. There was a lot of concern about the plastic that it took to make a 12-inch action figure and all the things that a 12-inch action figure needed, the equipment, the vehicles, and all that. Um, And they hatched a plan to make G.I. Joe... six, seven, eight inches tall. A lot smaller, obviously, Mm -hmm. three, four inches there. And um, Star Wars 1977, you know, thereabout. And they gave it this kind of science fiction-y vibe and they called him Super Joe. It looked a lot like the Adventure Team guy. Had a beard and, you know, the whole thing, but um, some of the worst packaging art you'd ever want to imagine, like this sort of stupid 70s posterized style, it was, it was terrible and it lasted about a year or two and it just fell apart. And, and he slept until 1982 and uh, uh, Real American Hero saved G.I. Joe. Uh, we're talking about G.I. Joe now because of Real American Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, uh he's t- he's kind of sleeping a little bit right now too i know that but i don't think that's gonna i don't think that's gonna last you know um, i think he meant so much to boys and girls um for so many years that, that that's you know it's got to happen again they're not gonna let that that incredible legacy and legend um, fall apart i, I want to ask really quick because we've been talking a lot about history here um and of course m- Coming up through the history, you know, I, I knew it, but for the real American hero guys, as a child, you love these toys, the little figures, uh, uh, the size inspired by s- the Star Wars figures, you know, right. it makes a lot of sense. Not not as much money to make them, you know, can sell them fairly cheaply. Did you at that point have any sense of history? Like, did you know that there was a previous generation's GI Joe? in twelve in inch form because I've talked to some guys who they were some of those were still lying around some were a big brother you know maybe even a father I, you know, I don't I, know what happens, I a, I'm curious to know if, if there was any sense of history at that time anybody I, want to jump in on that
1: I was vaguely aware I have an uncle that's like seven years older than me uh, so I, I would play with his old you know hand me down Star Wars uh, toys this you know early 80s and um, so And I think he had a couple lying around, and I you know I knew it I kind of knew about it, but I had already you know played with the uh, real American hero Joe's, and i just I, I liked those a lot better. I hated when my grandmother called them action or called them dolls,
6: dolls.
1: <laughs> yeah um, but you love it now. <laughs> yeah, well, they're still not dolls. <laughs>
3: uh, they're dolls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're I didn't see you playing with
0: your dolls <laughs> against uh, <laughs> her. Look up the definition of dolls. I know, in, I know. know. <clears throat> uh, Anyone yeah. else wanna do
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah my,
4: my next door neighbor, uh, they had two kids, two boys. One of them was much older. He was he was going into high school. Mm-hmm. And then the other kid was about a year older than me. And so he and I were more contemporary, like, you know, he would get the, the second vamp, and then I would try and follow that with a Sky Striker, and he would, you know, whatever. But his older brother, suddenly one day when he went off to college, he brought all of his toys out from the top of the closet in his bedroom and gave them to his younger brother. Mm -hmm. And when he did, this treasure trove of yesteryear came out including large format GI Joes from the adventure team era. And so I saw the the real beards and the kung fu grip hands wow. and all that kind of stuff and unfortunately his his brother Roger who was the kid I played with was very rough on toys and quickly trashed all of them uh, after they came out in pristine condition. At the time, I had no control over that. They were his property, not mine, but I did. I, it did make me aware that there were larger Joes from before.
5: I know Dave was I, shaking his head. Oh, I'm sorry. Bob keeps trying to talk. Bobby. That's okay. well, I, was say, I wasn't aware of history at the moment, at the moment of it, but I mean, I didn't really know much about the the, the, the tall Joes, But except for, like, my father and my uncles were, were always going, you know, these used to be a lot taller. <laughs>
1: hmm. yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, you know,
5: you know how we Back in my game. Yeah. Like, yeah. When I was a
2: kid, yeah,
3: I'll,
5: I'll
0: always gladly play second fiddle to award-winning Bobby Aww. Nash, no problem. <laughs> Um, no, I, I had no idea. I didn't. I didn't have any family members or friends or, or, or anything that were of the age to have had the original Joes. Yeah. Uh, so it was all the small stuff for me. And really quickly, I'd like to correct myself. Uh, who's the only person I'll ever correct? Uh, I said kung fu grip earlier when I meant swift war and battle. Grip. Ooh. Ooh, what you mean. I I, yeah, grip. I know, but I need. I need you to know <laughs> that I know. Because <laughs> you, know, I would. I would have jumped home <laughs> Again,
3: with this transition period that I came in on, they were actually at that time selling off the military era stuff, you know, in bargain bins. Um, One of the first things that I got, I think it was like the next Christmas, um, not only did I start to get some Adventure Team stuff for my G.I. Joe, but I got um, a a military police set with the Ike jacket and Mm -hmm. and the white helmet and the baton and, and all of that. So I had this weird congl- conglomeration of military era and adventure team stuff kind of <laughs> mixed together there because there was that really weird uh, period in there. You know, I—I I, so, were you asking a question? you want to ask a question? Yeah, I thought you were raising your hand. Yeah, um,
0: I was gonna. Did, did
3: anyone have that doll that would talk? pull the string and say something? I had a friend who had one, but I never had one myself. I actually own two right now that, that still talk. A very good friend of mine gave me his military-era uh, G.I. Joe, and he still talks. I don't pull the string you know, yeah. anymore, like once every ten years, maybe. You know, j- just to say, hey, it still talks. And then I, I do actually have a talking GI Joe Commander now. But I did not have that when I was a kid. I owned one GI Joe throughout my entire childhood, and that was my very first one with the red, with the red hair. Um, and um, Mark, I did, ha- I did have a Mike Power, and I had a yeah. Bullet Man, but they're not. You know, I mean, they're GI Joe, but they're not really GI Joe.
1: Mark Maddox, who I interviewed uh, for my con- contribution to the book, he he, he had one. He was telling me about that. Yeah. And yeah. I actually had it as a child. Back in
3: my day, we didn't have, you know, 200 personalities and names and everything. We had to make up our own personalities and names. Well, the, the, They're all G.I. Joe when I was a kid, you know? No mm-hmm. matter who it was or who you bought off the shelf, he was G.I. Joe. He wasn't anybody else.
4: To, right. to expand on, on your point about you becoming from a slightly previous G.I. Joe generation, Thank you for that slightly. Uh, well, no, no, no. It really is. It's, 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 you're in the transition
1: point. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's not that far apart, no. really.
4: The, the, that G.I. Joe era is fascinating to people who started with Real American Hero yeah. as a collectible, not just as something to read in a book. So, for example, with me, I love World War II history. So, when I found out that G.I. Joe originally was doing authentic World War II accessories, gear, and uniforms, and then... Its British counterpart, Action Man, was also doing authentic World War II accessories, gear, and uniforms. I became fascinated as an adult collector with that stuff. And so one of my holy grails that I'm trying to track down is the Action Man Colditz Escape. Set that comes with the checkpoint and the German disguise. I know what you mean. Yeah, all that stuff. Because I want two GI Joes to have one walk up and say, "Your papers, please." (laughs) (laughs) I want
1: that whole thing.
4: You know, your papers are not in order. Like I want. You know,
0: we Um, all
3: have our own (laughs) private bucket list.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? What's? Do you want to do each of our holy grails? Hold on to that. Okay, Okay. Wait.
3: No, that's good. Hold on to that thought. In fact, let, let's try to like end with that because I think that would be a good one. Real quick, um, bef- before I uh, go on to something else, um, it, does anybody want to touch upon a your your very first time with GI Joe, you know, and or did you have a sense of history with them? Are it up already? Oh no, no. All right, he's going to carry a microphone much, out and there. And up, yeah. I'll, I'll do the mic. Okay. A- anybody? Anybody? He'll, he'll,
1: he'll, yes. Bring
3: Everybody here. can hear. Uh, I was about.
2: Back in 78,
0: my mother got me a G.I. Joe doll or it's action a
3: figure. doll. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's The okay. thing is, The giant it monster, it's okay.
1: Yeah. It so was it just... Was the big ones are dolls. The smaller uh, ones are shut, action figures. It was about <laughs> four inches tall. And the
5: thing is, my mother goes,
6: okay, I'm like, well, where's the other stuff like that goes with it? She goes, oh, I didn't think you wanted that. And I'm like, huh?
2: Where is it? <laughs> I oh, think you I sent them to your cousin." Wow. He didn't get them until six months later because the train they were on, because it was over in Germany, had gotten trapped in a s- snowslide. And
0: when he got it, my aunt intercepted it. Uh, I believe the trash compactor did him in. She's like, he's not playing with the doll and everything else. I'm like,
6: why didn't
3: you send it back to me? Well, I didn't think you wanted to play with it either. I'm like, What? No. But, no, no, uh, no! This panel is called the joy of yeah,
0: the despair of GI Joe. But
6: the thing is, I'm trying to figure out where did when did they decide to uh, add all these other characters in? Because I only remember the commercials with just one guy. I was trying to figure out well, when all the other people came in.
3: Oh, in oh, you mean like Mike Power and Bullet Man, or or a real American the real hero, American, the little ones.
0: Uh, the ones in '82, like 1982, right? There were no,
3: there other than Mike Power and Bullet Man in the in the 12-inch era. There there weren't any distinct personalities. There were like jobs. There was Air Adventurer, Land adventurer You know, uh, what did I say? Air Adventurer, blah blah blah, blah, blah. and uh, but there wasn't any. You know, they were all just GI Joe. Unless we kids, you know, I actually named my GI Joe, and I won't say what the name is because I want you to find it in the book. But I actually named my GI Joe, you know, to give him a distinct personality. So I was way ahead of my time. You were the Larry Hammer of your day, really. really. So in 1982, on the file cards on the back of the packagings, you know, suddenly we knew. Way more sometimes than we wanted to know about these guys.
1: And and how many how many people uh, cut those out and kept them in a in a little like recipe box? Oh yeah, this kid right here. Yeah. Yeah. There's
3: no shame.
1: Right.
4: There's
3: no shame. You're among friends.
4: Spoiler: His GI Joe's name was Clarence McGillicuddy. He had an ex-wife and a drinking problem.
6: <laughs>
4: <laughs> he was also a recovering heroin addict. <laughs>
1: With PTSD. Joy of Joe, oh, joy
3: of joy. Joe, and that was the joy of blow.
1: <laughs> you win, sir. You win the convention. Why does every panel I'm on end up talking about cocaine?
0: Because you're talking uh, about the '80s. The you're talking I about the that '80s. Money has good something point. More to do
4: with
5: you than <laughs> me. Well, you also have
2: the Joe Drug Elimination Force. Ah yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. the <coughs> Who's the very tale of uh, So
3: you going to tell us about your first time? Yeah, sure. With G. Uh, G. So Joe?
2: <laughs> I was completely suckered by the first commercial I saw because it had the animation, like which I year? was a big. What stretch. year? Uh, I guess it was '82. Okay. And I was yeah. way into Star Wars at the time, but as soon as I saw their knees and their arms bend, yes, I, mean, I was you know, <coughs> all in for yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, GI Joe has been like kind of a first point for me at every stage of my life. Like, it was the first comic I bought, which got me in comics. It was, you know, I, I joined, you know, out of nostalgia, sake, joined some G.I. Joe message boards in the early 2000s, which brought me to Dragon Con for the first time. Wow. And then I got a job doing PBS stuff, and the first segment I did, kind of, you know, the first, like, geeky, weird segment I did was on the local G.I. Joe club, and that went on to, you know, Uh, opened a lot of doors for me. Just kind of doing weird stuff like the Dragon Time documentary and things like that that I did for PBS. So G.I. Joe was like the gateway at every step of the way. Let's do one more. Thank you. Let's do
3: one more and I want to ask these guys another question.
6: So I do have a memory of G.I. Joe, but I want your confirmation that I'm not crazy.
1: Right. So, well, you want that before? I, you yeah, know, you might not be in the we'll, right. We'll do our that. best, if but you, you know. Come and lay down on the road
6: right <laughs> here.
1: <laughs>
6: so I was probably, probably like two or three, maybe. Uh, and I, I think my dad's mother uh, brought a JoJo down from the attic that I think belongs to one of my dad's brothers. It might be my dad. I don't remember. But one thing I remember about it is that it was in a wooden a wooden box. And I'm not sure if that was a thing that they ever came in. Yes. Okay. The
3: twelve inch figures had a foot locker that at first was made out of wood.
4: Wow. in anticipation yeah. of their death
5: <laughs> it, it actually was
3: if i'm not mistaken big enough for, to put them in but yeah it was um, it was it was really cool and uh, it had little like kind of like rope handles at first on the side yeah. later on they made them out of plastic but the first ones are are wood and you open it up there was a like a tray inside that that had little uh You know, like a lunch tray, it had little separate little compartments, and you could lift that out. And there was, you could fit a lot of, you know, uniforms and equipment in there. It actually had a, uh, in the inside of the lid, it had a diagram of what piece of equipment should go into what part of the tray. You know, wow! Packing The canteen went here, the rifle went here, and all that. But yes, those wooden, really those wooden cool. caskets. So you're not crazy, you know? You know, Jim. Not crazy. Wait, you're not crazy, you're crazy. about GI Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you are. I, crazy I
6: I like GI mean, like Joe. Okay. Um, it's it just a very vague memory I had, um, and I, I couldn't. I couldn't remember. You know, I remember very little about it. Um, I honestly, I'm. I, 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 group like what the accessories
3: were with him aside from that you
6: remember, wooden box. Um, I also have no idea what happened to him. Oh, I was mm-hmm. going to say, where is it box? <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know
3: what happened to him. It. It's I. I go it He's it. buried put it,
5: put in, in that wooden box. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's somewhere in the backyard. That, what, what?
0: War oh, is hell. hell. Yeah, yeah, You know, considering how many Joe's I
6: don't know. Yeah.
0: Considering how many Joe's met their end. Uh, in a way that was involved with fireworks, I think maybe they. Had, they probably could have fit in that box.. Really I want to try to I mean to get
3: to the, the, the core of this book and this panel and, the, and that word joy, I, I want you guys to try to distill the joy of Joe for all of you personally down down to that one thing. What is it you know about GI
5: Joe? That brought you the most joy? Well, i we'll with Bobby. I, for me, as uh, cool as the toys was, it really was the anime, the cartoon, the animated series. Yeah, that, mm, yeah. that's really the, the Joe that, that I had, was the, my favorite. And I just love the adventure, the, the silly adventure nature of it. Yes, I, g- I gathered they're not shooting each other; they're firing lasers, <laughs> not bullets. Enough. None of that mattered. It was just a cool adventure, and I love that. I love that kind of story. Yeah. So, uh, watching it, reading it, as well as writing it—that's that's my thing. And so, I mean, in a, in
3: a way, that cartoon <coughs> may have inspired you to become a pulp action adventure thriller. Poss- possibly. Thriller, I mean, you
5: know. I mean that first miniseries. Is is really? I mean, that's a pulp story. That's a very pulpy story with mind control and the the secret castle up on the mountain with the giant cobra head. And the, I mean, it's all a yeah, Very
0: impractical entry system. Yeah.
5: <laughs> well, yeah. You know, it's like I figure Cobra spent had all this money to spend on these things to take over the world. They probably could have just bought the world. Yeah, right. but like but it we, was fun to see them try.
3: Like we kept saying during the Planet of the Apes panel, don't think that yeah. much about it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. right. Just right. enjoy it, and go, James.
1: Um. Yeah. It was. It was definitely I th- the 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 cartoon for me. I liked. I liked that we got a backstory with the with the characters. Transformers was the same way, uh, where you got you know he acts this way and he does this and he likes he likes this and hates that and. Uh, And and watching the cartoon reinforce that stuff. So when you've got the toys, you can, um, you you, you basically know how to play with them. I mean, they have you know they have a bad guy, Cobra, um, and you know they've all got their cool code names and stuff. Um, But yeah, I mean, for yeah, just like Bobby, just uh, more more than the action figures, which I did did play with. I think I, I watched the cartoon for a lot longer than I collected and played with the toys, though. Um, it was just that, that fun adventure, it, it's a little sci-fi, it's a little maybe political thriller more or less, a little fantasy, um, just, just, just a hodgepodge of things.
4: For me, it was, it was all about the fact that the Joe's, and I've had a lot of conversations with this, about this with my friend Tim, is, is that GI Joe built in a logical functionality to all of their vehicles and places, even in the small scale. So you had, uh, like removable engine covers, and in some vehicles you had removable engines, and you had logic to how it all worked. You could imagine how it all worked, and by doing that you could, you could create even more uh, functional play scenarios. So the, the hovercraft really did float when you put it in water. Yes. So you could. And I had then it, one. It did. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and like you could get. Uh, this sounds a little sadistic, but it's true. Like there was one vehicle called the Ostriker which was a, a desert uh, dune buggy vehicle, and the engine came out for repairs. And at one point, I thought while I was playing one day, I was like. I was like, yeah, they pull out the engine for an emergency repair out in the field, but then the engine slips off its mount and it breaks Crankcase's leg. And now, how are they going to get out? You know, now he's stranded in the, you know, you could just build on it one thing after another because they thought about the details. It's like that engine cover comes off, this compartment opens, this seat has a seatbelt. They had
5: blueprints.
1: They They had blueprints. blueprints yeah. Yeah. The and, steering wheels, all that stuff. Yeah, and, and I like too how the vehicles would come with a figure. Yeah, um, I always hated stuff where you had to get either the, the the figure or the the vehicle, and you couldn't get. I could never get both. So yeah. I'm always just you know driving you know attack track around with no He-Man <laughs> in it or something. Right, right. Yeah, now.
3: That that didn't really happen in the Adventure Team era, but my space no. capsule did come with that GI Joe. Well, the weird thing is, is I've yet to figure out what set that is because. Um, I've seen a lot of those boxes from that time that says does not include GI Joe figures. So I, my folks may have gotten like a Sears exclusive. Yeah. They ordered a lot of Sears yeah. pennies mm-hmm. because there was no separate package for the for the astronaut. It was all one thing,
4: and I know yeah, that for they fact. got a catalog bundle. Yeah, what they got. it,
3: it, it yeah. must have been because he had no other you know uniform or clothes. It mm-hmm. was just the the spacesuit you know that came in. Right, mm-hmm.
0: Dave, mm-hmm. Uh, like Michael. Mm-hmm. The G.I. Joe comic is what really got me, uh, well it was that and Uncanny X-Men, but those are the comics that got me chasing comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and In my head, uh, Larry Hama's story in the comic is the Joe narrative. Uh, I love the cartoon, I watched it every single day, I've got it at home in the Foot Locker that Shout Factory or Rhino or whatever they were at the time put out, uh, but the toy line is it for me. Uh, playing with those toys taking the elements that I got from the comics and the cartoons and telling my own stories with those toys because that, that toy line is, to me, the most interactive, like you said, mm-hmm. functional... Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just do so much with it. You don't just put the dude in the jeep. You put the dude in the jeep, and then you put a couple more guys on. You figure out where they're going to stow their gear. You get it, like you get their seatbelts on. Then you got to close yeah, the doors. And you the turn thing. the steering yeah. wheel. Yeah, yeah. It, well, not on all of them, but you turn right, the steering wheel right. like on the all strike. Yes, and the wheels yes. will move. Like, right. There's so much the little tube to the gun on the all strike. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or even just,
5: when you're sitting there going, okay, which team members do I need for this yes, mission? Yes. You're,
0: you're you're yeah. Who's yeah, going out yeah. on this mission? Who's getting kidnapped? And no, it was not always Scarlet or Lady Jade. Dudes got <laughs> kidnapped in my world all the time. Yeah. Um, Sorry, snow job. Not today. <laughs>
6: Maybe later.
0: <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, the toys were, were just it. I mean, I, hours and hours and hours telling my own stories, staging battles, building out these characters, um, and, and I, just Destro was my guy the guy playing the middle to me because in, in my world he was playing both sides. Oh, yeah. uh, he was not Cobra Commander's lackey, I always hated that depiction. Uh, so but yeah the, the toys playing yeah. with the toys is
3: I it. think what I'm getting here is, is that GI Joe fans are are control freaks. <laughs> oh for sure. I mean, well with most toys too whatever. I mean I am. I can't speak amount for of you control. Guys. you 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 know you're orchestrating these things. You you guys are are taking the leads from the comics and the cartoons and then expanding right. upon them to mm-hmm. to your own mm-hmm. things, you know. And I'm sure as a kid you thought those were logical extensions, you know, of that. Interestingly enough, there's a tiny little bit of that going on with Adventure Team. There's two things specifically um, that were out at the time. There was a Viewmasters set that that actually had three little stories in it. And they actually did give some names. There was Joe, and there was uh, Sarge, and uh, there was Greg... And there w- oh, Greg was a legend. Yeah. G.I. <laughs> Greg. And then there was a couple of, of recruits, uh, uh, and, and I can't think of the, the name of, of one of them. Off. It was it's, it's like Jose or something like that. But anyways, mm. but then there was also um, the, um, it was either Power Records or Peter Pan Records. There were uh, uh, book and record sets, and there was four of those. And uh, believe me, I... You know, played those records incessantly, um, and, and those have <coughs> Joe himself in there, just G.I. Joe, and then back at base, there's a guy named Mike, which sort of, you know, presaged the, the appearance of Mike Power a few years later, but this is just a guy named Mike. Um, there's a really great one called Rescue from Adventure Team Headquarters. Joe's out in the jungle, and he's rescuing an ambassador off of a downed airplane in the jungle and to get through this group of attacking natives, um, he asks for a distraction, uh, for Mike to set up a distraction, and uh, Mike pipes through uh, a rock and roll record through the radio on the ATV. And I played that part of that record over and over again because for some reason in my little child mind I thought that was the coolest music ever. You know, And they just, I don't know, they recorded something for This is... Little thing, and and it's just blast. You know, I turn that up and just blast that one part of it, and even Joe is, is starts to yell, "Turn it down now, Mike! Turn it down, night! We're through it! Come on, turn it down!" And then he finally turns it down. Um, it was brought up.
4: But I like this idea because I'm going to go to it. Uh, let's talk. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just want to, as someone who's just a guy named Mike myself, um, I'd just like to flip Did the script. Your middle name power? <laughs> I'd just like to flip the script for a minute on what something you pointed out. Right. You said that that uh, G.I. Joe uh, fans were control freaks. Yeah. But there's an oh, element that suggests, no, oh, I'm not insulted by it. There's an element, though, that suggests that G.I. Joe, the way the toys were made, Made us control freaks. They created OCD. Mm. You know, when you get a sticker sheet for a hovercraft and it's got 50 little stickers that say no step, 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 no step. And you've got to put those on with tweezers or you get a tank. Oh, oh you don't have to. Oh, but oh, but you do. And then, then, and then you
1: get like... You, and a magnifying glass. You get a
4: tank with a guy named Heavy Metal, right? And he looks cool because he's still got the sand on his face where the goggles weren't there, you know, because of the details and stuff. But he comes with a helmet mic that's this big that plugs into the side of his helmet. And you're yeah. like, if I ever lose this, I'm gonna have a mental breakdown. And then of course you lose it, you know?
0: The and se- then you lose it.
3: In the 70s, it. we didn't have to put stickers on anything. They came
0: with the stickers already on right? And all the accessories were like that big. Yeah. Right. yeah.
3: There was this insane piece of equipment. Talk, you know, we are talking about realistic stuff or whatever, in, this, in the Adventure Team era, there was this insane piece of equipment called the chest winch. What? Um, that sounds is painful. It, this just yeah, yeah, yeah. went defunct. Kindle Worlds on on Amazon Kindle Worlds. They had official GI Joe fiction that anybody could write. Anybody familiar with that? Five minutes. Is it right? Are we going to just five, five more minutes? Okay. I've um, we'll got five minutes. There, there's this really stupid piece of equipment called the chest winch, which is this harness that goes over the shoulders and it has this gigantic winch that comes out. You know four feet or so with a hook on the end, he's supposed to do. It makes no sense whatsoever because he's the support. Yeah, for it. yeah. I'm he's,
1: not a physicist. Uh, Neither was the guy <laughs> who made the chest pinch. <laughs> like, oh shit, you know, he'd like he'd break his spine. Well,
4: it sounds like something Greg invented. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: and that's why he's back at the base,
3: now answering careful.
1: the now phone. now.
3: I haven't said anything about that. That uh, we had to have greater imagination because we didn't have all that backup. material. But anyway, so. yeah. Let's, real quick, let's do a quick lightning round. Uh, I want a horror story. We'll, we'll go with this. Okay. Whoever mentioned that or whatever, I was not going to go with this. But I want one quick horror story from your GI Joe days as a kid. Something that happened that
5: that, hor- that horrified you or oh, didn't gosh. happen. I've got one. All right, go, yeah, on, go, go ahead. for it. that. Okay. Okay. I, I we didn't have I didn't get all the play sets and things like that, so I had to invent my own little death traps and traps. Oh my gosh. Are you telling this story?
0: I am telling it. You're them. sick. Oh no, Bobby, make it quick.
5: There's the old caulk guns, you know, the, the metal ch 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 if you stand it up on end and there's no caulk in it and you go ch ch it comes down. Yeah. And you get you you know how many clicks it is going. for them to let go and hold it. And if you click it one too many times, Destro goes boom.
1: <laughs> 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 My gosh. <laughs> now he's reading <clears throat> novels. <like>. Yeah. <laughs> James, I have a horror story. Gosh, I, th- I think the worst thing that probably happened is uh, re- anybody remember the the movie The Boy Who Could Fly? Yeah. Fred Savage's character is constantly having little military funerals and burying his joes. My brother did that to my crap all the time. Um, so that's that was what,
4: that's what brothers do.
3: Yeah,
1: Michael. he's four years younger than me and just a monster.
4: Horror, horror story of GI yeah, Joe? Yeah. Wh- yeah. When, when you were a kid, Tiger Force. <laughs>
1: <laughs> horrible, indeed.
0: Horrible. Uh, I, I guess my horror story is actually that all of my, because as I said, my dad was very supportive. I had a, most of the Joe stuff. Uh, it all went up in the attic, and plastic doesn't do so well with Georgia heat uh, <laughs> in attics, and everything. Just uh, the flag was a warped. Mess. Oh man! Uh, oh, no. You had a flag. I had a flag. I don't feel sorry yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't. I did not take proper care of uh, what I had. But yeah, that, so many of the vehicles and everything were just it didn't
5: survive. You're we're gonna... supposed to call those battle damaged.
0: <laughs> they got slagged by Cobra.
3: We're going to stick <laughs> with Cobra you, lasers, and we're going to come back down the line, but but quickly, lightning round, holy grail. Oh. E- either as a child. or or
0: now. What I would want now is a fully intact killer whale. That's (laughs) the greatest toy of all time. I've still got
4: mine. Uh, My Holy Grail is uh, the uh, Action Man Colditz escape uh, playset with uh, an RAF uh, Action Man uniform character. If anybody
3: has one of those, you know where to find it. Yeah,
1: I want the British World War II 12 inch stuff.
4: He's got something
3: very specific.
1: Okay, James. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't collect anymore. My, I think my favorite Joe as a kid, and I can't remember his name. The, the scuba diver, torpedo, torpedo. deep torpedo, six. Wet
6: suit?
1: mean, this is what one. Really he had he and, and aqua He had all and the this stuff. Element. He had the little the, the yeah, little yeah, aqua yeah. scooter yeah. thing and the hoses. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Awesome. So you'd like to have that back as a holy grail? Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. All right, give me a week. <laughs> <go>. <laughs> Bobby. Bobby.
3: No. Okay,
5: as a kid, I would have said I would love to have had a flag. That was just so
1: freaking cool. My, my neighbor had a, had a flag. Was, it was I awesome. i heard nothing
3: there was, but the, this thing about the flag.
1: There is it flag. was immense. I mean, it's I know, longer no, than this. I know what it is now, but yeah. it's, <laughs> a, it's amazing. It's,
5: it's right here. It's on, the, it's on the cover of the book. It's right oh, she's yeah. an angel. It's one of those it's, it's like I knew there was no chance. In hell, my parents were buying it for me, yeah. No, but so that was as a kid, a uh, holy grail. Now, as an adult in my profession, I to write GI Joe. Oh, yeah, I love that one.
1: Yeah, I want you to write GI Joe. That yes. would be amazing. Well, you used to be able yeah. to when Kendall wrote, yeah. was
4: going. On. I wrote to him once, he never wrote me back. The
3: <laughs> it's like
5: Santa. <laughs> Dear Joe.
3: (laughs) Well, when I was a kid, I asked Santa every freaking year, every Christmas, for the G.I. Joe headquarters. This amazing... Thing that opened up and just raised up and it opened up into these rooms and everything and I got the Sears and the Pennies catalogs and I used to just sit there and draw it yeah. and over and over. You know, I didn't like write my Christmas lists, I drew them, you know, so that there was no mistaking anything with my parents, you know. Asked for it, asked for it, wanted it, wanted it, wanted it and never, ever, ever got it as a child now. But I do have one finally now as an adult but it's incomplete. It's pretty complete but it's missing a few little things or whatever. But I got to meet uh, a guy playing Santa Claus. I used to do a little radio show up up in Toledo, Ohio. And a guy uh, came on the radio. We did it where kids could call in or whatever. And, and I'm like, on, on the air, I gave Santa the worst crap he's ever gotten in his life. I said, finally, after all these years, why didn't you bring me that G.I. Joe head? I don't even remember what he said, because it didn't matter. Thank you so much. Much for being here and sharing in the joy
1: of Joe. Yes. Let's really, really let's great. let's finish this off though in classic real American hero fashion. Now you know, is half, half the battle. battle.
0: Right. That was a fun panel. But it's always a fun time talking about GI Joe. I, I would. Uh, I mean, I could be on GI Joe panels. Every year, it would be no problem. Twice a year, they could do them at Joe Lanta. Which, how have I not been on a GI Joe panel? Well, you know why? Because that's focused GI Joe stuff, and and literally everybody there is there for GI Joe and, and not necessarily a real American hero. So that's that's how that works. But uh, I, I could do a Joe panel on an annual basis and have a great time talking about GI Joe. I love it. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I had a lot of fun uh, doing it last year. And things are starting to come together for this year's Dragon Con. I have such a big, big, huge announcement to make. uh, Probably very soon. And if you're a canny Needless Thing listener, and if you follow along on the social media, the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group, uh, myself, Dave West on Facebook, Instagram, uh, if, if you keep up with the NeedlessThingsPodcast.com, you can probably piece together what the the biggest of big announcements is for me at DragonCon. But I cannot make this big announcement yet because, as you know, uh, the DragonCon schedule is a mysterious and ever-changing thing. So, as of right now, nothing is concrete enough to, to say anything about Um uh, but, but, again, follow me on those social medias, and you will be among the first to know. Needless Things Podcast Facebook group is probably the, the best place to do it. Uh, and also, please do check out Five-Fifths of the Princess Bride and uh, the Casket Creatures. Uh, always check them out. Uh, Mystery Men, uh, I love you guys.
4: Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vix employee. Love you, mean it, uh-huh.